This is Savio. I've been seeking answers to some of life's most perplexing questions my entire life. In 2014, I was diagnosed with stage three cancer. And ever since, I realized my calling existed outside of what I knew to be familiar. This podcast is your home for survivors like myself and those who are searching to find meaning to their why. In season two, the show includes a mix of coaching sessions followed immediately by interviews with those from all walks of life who have been successful in the business, marketing, coaching, and financial worlds. The intent is to show the human experience in its rawest form so that others may glean insight. Nothing is rehearsed or has been edited. As a board-certified wellness coach, my job is to ask the deep questions of those trying to make sense of their place in this fractured world. I believe life speaks to us in different ways. Many of us listen, but don't know how or where to begin. As someone who has crossed the bridge between life and death, I say simply, begin where you are now and get busy living. If you liked today's episode, I would appreciate if you could share it and subscribe. Be sure to tag me at The Human Resolve so I can reciprocate in kind. So without further ado, welcome to The Human Resolve Podcast. In Season 2, Episode 6, entitled The One With Saying No, Phil Palucha loves helping others, but when a health scare creeps up, he's left pondering other ways he can aptly serve. Hey, Phil. Good to see you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's good to be here. Sure. So what would you like coaching on today? Yeah, so I've been giving this a lot of thought, actually. Um, and I've, I've flipped and changed, even in my own mind, several times on what I wanted to talk about. But I, I finally settled on, um, as you well know, your listeners obviously won't, um, I contracted COVID earlier in the year. And um, I currently have long COVID and chronic post-viral fatigue syndrome and all these kind of really fun stuff. Um, I say that sarcastically, of course. Uh, and what it's done is it's, it's, it's really changed the way that I have to do my business. And I've gone from being a workaholic working 10, 12 hours a day to somebody that really doesn't have the energy to work three or more than three or four hours a day. And that's brought me in a head-on collision <laughs> with the way that I was doing business, so I had to change that. Um, and I've, I've done that relatively successfully. Um, however, there's one aspect that is still causing me a real headache, which is I'm not very good at saying no to people. Um, and actually, I'm now at the stage where I'm kind of oversubscribed in terms of the clients that we're working with and the one-on-one sessions that we can do. and but the the work that we've done to generate clients hasn't stopped so we're still getting requests we're still getting inquiries from people who want to work with us and i'm finding myself having to say no a lot more than i'm saying yes and i'm and i'm not very good at that so what's happening as a result is i'm finding myself saying no and then trying to do it anyway um and basically burning the candle at both ends spending time and effort doing something that I really don't have the energy for. Um, I'm, and I'm concerned that I'm going to make myself relapse and, and really not help myself health-wise. But I'm also concerned that I'm I, I'm not going to be able to give as much as I want to give to my clients because I'm trying to spread myself too thin by saying yes. Does that make sense? Yeah. So what I'm hearing from you is that since you know contracting COVID, you just realized that you just can't work as much as you can and sort of there's a dilemma there happening where 
you have to say no, but then you know that's going to sort of eliminate some of the opportunities for you. Definitely. Yeah. So what would you like to get out of today's session, Phil? Yeah, it's a powerful question, isn't it? I think I just a bit of cl- a bit more clarity I think on how I can be good still good to my clients but also be good to myself. Um, I'm a firm believer in that you have to give to be able to receive, but I think you can get that balance wrong sometimes. I think you can be so focused on trying to give, you forget that you can't give what you don't have. Um, and I'm trying to give to people as much as I can and forgetting that I am still going through quite a a violent recovery process and um, it's only when I do too much in the following day and days after where I'm practically unable to get out of bed that I go whoops shouldn't have done that Um, so a bit of clarity around how I can get that balance better would be ideal great great so what I just heard right now was just sort of gaining more clarity in how you can gain back that balance and sort of balancing the ideas of saying no with saying yes um, in that sense. Definitely. So when I say to you no, does that affect or feel anything in your body right now? Yeah, it feels negative. I'm not somebody that takes no very well, Um, which is, uh, and I know that that's a big part of why I am who I am when it comes to working and coaching. Um, I'm somebody who historically you you can't say no to. Uh, even in school, that's why I never did well in school. I got kicked out when I was 14. It's because if you tell me no, like my instant reaction is, well, why not? Or sometimes even more violently than that, well, I'm going to prove you wrong. Um, and and I, I definitely do a lot of that with myself. Like when I say no to clients, it's like I'm saying no because I don't have the energy. Let me see if I can find the energy. <laughs> So when you said no in the past, mm. what was that like? To me or to other people? To you. Or both. Uh, yeah, kind of a bit bit kind of defeatist. Like I, I only say no when I'm on the losing side. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm more of a I like, I'm somebody who likes to say yes there's a lot more positivity in the word yes than there is in the word no okay so let's explore the word yes what's happening oh I feel very I feel I get a lot of energy when I say the word yes yes is like the same feeling frequency as success like they are the, they are a very similar feeling I find it hard to tell the two apart mostly because yes often leads to success if you think about it like um are we going to work together yes great that's a new client you know are you happy with everything I'm doing yes great that's positive feedback uh, am I going to be coming on your TV show yes great that's that's like all going to be really positive so yes feels positive and no feels negative as a as a feeling and as an emotion and the yeses that you've cultivated throughout your life, have they served you well? For the most part. For the most part. Yeah. I've had a few things that I think other people have said yes to me that I probably should have said no to them. <laughs> um, but uh, I'd say for the most part. I'd say 9 out of 10. Like When it's a yes, it's a positive outcome. They've, they've served me pretty well. Mm. So currently in your work life, mm. Tell me your day-to-day structure. So at the moment, I'm working four hours a day. 
Um, it's quite rigid in terms of the four hours a day that I work. It's not always the same four hours um, because obviously I work internationally, so I have clients that want to talk to me at different times of the day and stuff. But it, I, I, I'm quite strict with myself to to work within that four hour time scale. So. Um, I do an hour long one-to-one and I'll only do one client a day. Um, so they get my hour. Uh, I do go over a little bit with that, if I'm being honest. <laughs> um, but I I do like those those one hour one-to-one sessions. I have an hour's worth of podcasting a day, be that mine or be that appearance on somebody else's. Um, I then have an hour for my marketing and, you know, Sometimes that's content writing. Sometimes that's just making. I've got my. Sometimes even just things like listening back to podcasts that we're about to release to kind of get some show notes and things like that. Uh, and then I have an hour that I leave for my admin and my learning period. So my admin never takes me an hour, mostly because I've got a great team around me that help me. Um, so it's more like 50 minutes of admin and 45 minutes of reading or watching something that I feel is gonna. Inspire, inspire and empower me I just made a new word there inspire <laughs> um, I'm copywriting that before anybody takes it um, but yeah they're my four hours a day I, I intend when I'm better uh, to add an additional fifth hour into there and have an extra hour of client one-to-ones but at the moment I'm, I'm, I'm trying to stick to those four hours and those four hours of work how do you balance that out with four hours for Phil? Mm, I don't have four hours for Phil. Um, my weekends are my own. Uh, I have a young family and I, I obviously love spending time with them, but I, I, I quite often find that the time during the week that I'm not working is spent with them. Um, and then my weekends are more my time and spending time with them combined. I don't do any work across the weekend at all. That's something I've always been quite quite strict with, because um, I I kind of burnt out a few years ago, and I realised I was literally trying to work eight days a week, <laughs> um, and yeah, it's not good for your health, I promise you. Um, so so now it's like okay, no, these are my five days. I will do four to five hours work in those five days, and then the weekends are my own. So I probably make up for it in terms of the the time. I take for myself on the weekend and I'm a big sports fan and I like to play my games and just kind of really zone out at the weekend. That That's my time. Um, but during the week, I don't. Like, I don't have four hours of work and then four hours of me time in any one day. And if I somehow created a miracle for you, Phil, and I was able to bestow the ideal day for you, mm. having gone through COVID, Yes. What would that look like? It doesn't look too dissimilar to how I have it now, to be honest. I think I would just have more structure around when I take time to meditate and kind of reflect for myself because I find that I end up squeezing that in. Or even worse, like I do it just before I go to sleep and, and that kind of feels like a bit of a waste because it's great to kind of wind down and it helps me. But I don't like falling asleep when I've meditated because I usually find that quite quite powerful. I tend to get answers from that. And then by the time I've woken up again, I don't remember the answers. And you start a whole new day of 
work and then you get around to it again in the evening. So I'd probably have more time during my day to structure, well, as you said, that me time, I guess, that, that reflective time. So besides the meditation, anything else? Not really. I mean, I'm pretty... Like, I quite like the structure as I have it at the moment in terms of the amount of work that I'm spending. The problem is that, as I said at the beginning, I don't like saying no to people. So what mm. actually ends up happening is I will have that four-hour day planned really nicely, and then I will forego my 90 minutes of yoga time to get in another two calls with people because I don't want to say no to them. Or... Um, somebody will say to me, oh, you know, I could really do with a call with you. I've had like a really difficult week and could we could we fit in time for a call? And I'll say yes, even though that call is at half past 10 at night when I've already said no more electronic devices so that I can wind down for the evening. And I say yes anyway. Um, so it's actually a lack of discipline on my part rather than, does that make sense? Rather than like, I, I like the structure of the day. I just don't stick to it. <laughs> Would you like to be more definitely, disciplined? Def definitely. Like I even tried putting it in my diary and everything. So everything has its own specific time. Like there, my diary is blocked out with these things. Like I have a time for meditation and I have a time for yoga and I have a time for spending time with my family. Um, but I, I, I guess it's, it's a change in mindset as well from a scarcity mindset to an abundant mindset because, you know, there would have been a time in my career that, I would have had to say yes because if I didn't say yes, I may struggle to pay my bills at the end of the month. Um, so it was always yes, 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 yes. Just give me, give me, give me. Whereas now it's we're in a, we're in a fantastic position at the success of the business and the abundance and, and the financial stuff that comes with that. So I don't actually have to say yes as much. So now I found that I don't say yes because of financial worries or concerns i say yes because i really don't like saying no to people like if i resonate with somebody and i like them and i want to give to them i will find the time um and what i've realized is that i'm sacrificing my time to give them that time yeah so you know you mentioned the word no a lot uh in our conversation would you like to just do a quick experiment with me shoot yeah let's do yeah. it Yeah, just want you to get comfortable in your seat if you feel more comfortable, you can close your eyes or soften your gaze. I just want you to take three deep breaths in and three deep breaths out. I just want you to think of the word no, like everything that's involved in that word. Tell me what you're thinking and feeling. I tensed up when you said the word no. <laughs> and where's that tension? My shoulders, neck and shoulders. Can you describe it? Like, um, like an anger kind of feeling, like a, you know, clenched fist kind of, that kind of feeling. It's all very heavy in the shoulders and the, the neck. If you could connect to it, what would you say to it? Relax. And what would it say back to you? No. <laughs> <laughs> so who wins there? 
the shoulders, I think. At the moment, at least, anyway. It's like an internal battle with this one. How long has that battle been there? Forever, I think. Like as or at least as far back as I can remember. Like I've, I've, as I said, I've never been good with the word no. No has always mm. felt, no has always felt like a challenge to me. Mm. Like no is never an answer. It's a challenge. It's a, it's to provoke a response. Mm. That's. No is never a challenge. It's a challenge. It's to provoke a response. Mm. Mm. Has that it's ever never- backfired on you? Oh, loads of times. Yeah. yeah, of course it has. Yeah. So how do you relegate that? I don't know, but did, I guess if I'm being honest, it's not always backfired. You know, some of the some of the biggest successes I've had in my life initially started with a no. Uh, And it was that persistence and that trying to find a way around it and trying to come up with a solution to the challenge that actually led to some incredible things. So it's more about knowing which no to accept and which no to go up in arms and, and fight against challenge you know which ones to respond to and which ones to let go I I, I don't think I can tell the difference hmm. what I'm feeling and sensing from you is that no it feels safe is that correct my response to no feels safe I'm just not sure it serves me anymore hmm. but it's it, there's there's safety in the familiarity of my response yeah so how can you create actions around having no serve you better oh great question how can I create actions so that no serves me better I don't know um I guess putting myself into situations where no is the right answer (laughs) And how would you do that? I guess by heading into the type of situation that I usually avoid. Um, This is an odd thing to say. I feel offended when people say no. Or like... uh, Like I haven't been able to... Ironically, I'm not doing it very well now either. Like, I haven't been able to verbalize a good enough reason for them not to say no. That's why I take it as a challenge. So when somebody says no, I take it as like a personal criticism that I haven't I haven't done enough to make that a yes. Uh, and actually, it's weird because I know that, and I, and I teach this to my clients, like, it's not good to say yes to everything. Um, you know, it's good to be able to, like the clients, for example, like you work with people that you resonate with. But it's not always going to be the case that you resonate with each other. Like sometimes you will have the scenario where somebody will want to work with you and you really don't feel that. Like we've all had that in our love lives, for example, where somebody will be attracted to you and quite like to be in a relationship with you, but you don't feel the same. 
and actually no is the best answer in that outcome because it's good for you but it's also good that you don't lead them down down the garden path into a situation that's not right for them either um so i know that on like a a logical sort of level that that no isn't a negative it's not always a negative in fact no can sometimes be a positive response um but i guess it's when the outcome is when the outcome of a yes is positive i feel difficult saying no so using the example i gave like i I don't always just say no uh yes to everything in my life like there's a lot of times i say no and i'm comfortable with it but it's it's when it's a like taking the example of the clients when i have a client who's saying to me you know i'd really love your help this is what we're trying to do and you know i can really see how you can help can you can you work with us like I can see it too and I can feel it too and I really want to help them. So saying no just doesn't feel natural. But at the same time, I'm aware I just don't have the time. So it's almost like a, I'll say yes and then figure out where that time's coming from later. Um, and I end up spreading myself too thin. So does that make sense? So it's when, when the outcome is, is a positive thing, if you say yes, I find it difficult to say no at that perspective. It's a... I'm I'm almost happy to trade my time and my wellness to try and appease somebody else. Mm. And by trading your time and your wellness, is that a positive in your life right now? No, definitely not. Definitely not. Uh, in fact, now more than ever, I I don't have the energy to give it. Um, and I and I, actually, it's ironic because I find myself doing things. It hasn't happened very often, but there's been a couple of days when I've been ill that I found myself having to rearrange like one-on-one calls with existing clients and things because I've just not been well enough to do it that day. And everyone's been fine about it. I mean, they they know I'm always as flexible as I can be for them. So when I do need to say, "Hey, can we not do it today?" Like I've never had a negative response for that, but. I've then ended up feeling guilty that I wasn't there for them that day because I'd done this trade-off earlier in the week. I mean, I said this to you off air. Today, I'm, I'm struggling in particular, and that was because I pushed myself too hard on Monday, which was two days ago. Um, I probably did nine hours worth of work instead of three or four, and I'm really feeling it today. Mm. So no, it's not a positive thing. What do you think Phil really needs right now? Rest. Phil needs rest. So how can Phil create more rest in his life? It's going back to the discipline thing because I've I've made time for it. I just then trade that time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, more discipline and actually taking the time to rest. So if, if I had you hold discipline and rest in one hand and serving others in another which is closer to you in terms of what i'm doing right now or in terms of emotionally both um the one i need see it's the whole head and heart thing isn't it head needs rest and discipline heart always wants to give and help people so that's the balance that i quite often find myself in is that i i i guess that's the 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 joy of being a coach is that you your my happiness and success you know 
is very much dependent on the success of the people that I'm working with and the people that I'm helping. Like I, I get more of a thrill from their results than I do from mine. So if I can help them to achieve that thing, you know, I, I will sacrifice my healing and my rest time to do that. You know, I've had even situations over the last couple of weeks where I'm supposed to be asleep in bed and instead I'm sat on my phone on WhatsApp having conversations with clients, helping them work through a problem. Um, despite the fact of having my own. <laughs> I see. So how can you create more accountability for yourself regarding balancing the two? You know, I should... I have this one and, I, I, and I'm kind of resisting even saying it, which probably means that it's the right one. <laughs> um which is I should get my wife more involved because my wife is very strict with me. Like if I, if I give her my diary for the day and so she knows the times that I'm supposed to be working and the times that I'm supposed to be resting, she will hold me accountable. <laughs> so if I start working during the time that I'm supposed to be resting, she, yeah, she's not quiet. She will tell me. Um, because I find myself just booking over things, you know? Like somebody will message and say, oh, I tried to use your online diary and there's nothing available for this evening. So I'll go, well, I've got this gap between six and eight before I start winding down for the evening. I'll just book it in there. And I haven't got a gap. That that gap was supposed to be my recovery time and eating a meal with my family and I'll sacrifice that. So I think that's that's how I would have more accountability is share that with my wife and uh, she will hold me accountable. So besides your wife, are there any tools or resources you have that can help you as well? I'm getting, I need to put my phone down, I guess, and stop responding to the messages because if I trace it all back, it always starts with like a WhatsApp message. <laughs> um, it's like somebody will WhatsApp me and be like, hey, can we do this? And it's like, uh, yeah, Let's, let me say yes. Um, so maybe I should just have a, a period where, maybe I should even have like an, I don't know if you could do this, but like an automated message on WhatsApp that if somebody messages me outside of certain hours, it says, I will next be checking my messages at 7 a.m. tomorrow morning. So don't expect a response before then. <laughs> well, that leads me to my next question. How, how would you handle an obstacle like that? I think just more communication. You know, communication is key. It's, Days like today, I feel very differently about it because days like today, I'm feeling very run down because of the actions I took two days ago. The challenging part for me is when I'm starting to feel better because they're the days that I push myself. It's very easy for me to sit here today and say, I'm not going to check my messages and I'm going to block this out and I'm going to take that recovery time because today I feel awful. So that is quite likely to happen because there's a physical reminder that I need to do it. Um, however, it's the days when I'm, you know, I get a lot of energy from my work. I get a lot of energy from the podcast. I get a lot of energy from the clients and the conversations. And, you know, a lot of people say that by the time they get to Friday, they're exhausted. I'm the complete opposite. My week is a crescendo. Like I take the weekend off and then I have to build myself back up on Monday. But by Friday, like I'm on top of the world. Like I'm right there and I, I find it difficult to switch off almost. Um, 
so it's the days that I'm feeling well that are the challenge, not the days that I'm feeling unwell. Because when I'm unwell, I have a physical reminder that I need to rest. The days that I'm feeling well, I want to, I want to keep going. I want to keep pushing. I want to keep, I want to keep that positive feeling, that adrenaline, that dopamine, whatever you want to call it, that that positive response. Like I want to keep that coming. Um, and it's you know I have on my screensaver on my phone, I have the um the four stages of flow. And I keep looking at it to remind myself that immediately after flow comes recovery. Because <laughs> um, I, but I guess if you want to look at it that way, like I want to stay in that flow state as long as possible. So I try and eke out of it, and then that recovery stage comes with a bang. Like it's a now my body's going to make me do it. Mm-hmm. So Phil, we're sort of nearing the end of this sort of coaching session, but you spoke earlier about sort of gaining that clarity and having that balance when it comes to that sort of saying yes and saying no. Mm. How does this all land for you? I think I need to get better at at reminding myself things I already know, actually. So it's, it's, I know that I can't give unless I have. So I know that I have to take care of me so that I can take care of other people. Um, And maybe that's the way I do it, actually. Whilst I'm thinking about it out loud, maybe that's how I do it. No feels negative when when saying yes would help somebody. But if I can spin that at the same time and say, by saying yes to this person, I'm actually doing less good for the other people that I'm trying to help because I'm not going to have as much energy and I'm not going to be as sharp then no doesn't feel selfless it feels like the responsible thing to do because of everybody that i'm trying to help it, it's you know it, it, it removes that whole yes i want to help you so i'm going to sacrifice me because now i'm being asked in my mind to sacrifice all of these people that i'm trying to help not just me um and i think that would give me the power and confidence to be able to say no i'm really sorry not at the moment kind of thing like let's let's pl- try again when i'm have some more time or there's more availability but i don't want to let all these people down by spreading myself too thin so how could you pour more of the good stuff in phil I mean, I have things that energize me and things that pick me up. And, and I mean, this is one of them, actually. I like, I've been podcasting for 10 years now and podcasting has always been one of those things for me because you get to meet awesome people and have amazing conversations and like podcasting has changed my life and led to some incredible opportunities and working with some awesome people. So I've, I've often found that the times when I'm not feeling very happy in my life or I'm feeling a bit low, I can directly correlate them with when was the last time I did a podcast. <laughs> um, so I try and find more time for podcasting. But again, there's, that's another thing that when I'm too busy, I sacrifice. I will sacrifice recording time for other bits of work. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So Phil, we're pretty much at the end of our coaching session, at least for this portion of the uh, Mm. podcast but um i just i don't know i'm sort of curious about if you could create a tagline for yourself or a, a phrase of this newfound awareness what would that be 
Help you to help others. Help you to help others. Mm, that would be it. Because just help me or just take care of me, I, I'd sacrifice that. I'd forget about that quite quickly. But my mission in life is to help others kind of get through their things. So if I have to help me, if I can, if I can see that helping me is going to help other people, then that will be the reminder that I need to do that. Do you think your clients and friends and all the others that come to you would appreciate that? Yeah. Yeah, they'll certainly get more out of me. Um, yeah, I think they would. Excellent. In fact, I know they would. Yeah. Excellent. All right, Phil. So now we're transitioning into sort of the interview uh, portion of my podcast. But, uh, you know, mm. tell my listeners more about you and what you do. And Sure. Uh, so I touched on earlier, I'm a, a business coach and podcast mentor. I specialize in uh, global networking primarily, uh, which is typically used for growth revenue and achieving influencer status as a business. So if I was to put a tagline on it, it's helping more good people have people who know, like, and trust them. Um, you know, there are lots of great people out there who should have very successful businesses but have found themselves either reaching a bit of a ceiling or they struggle to win clients and ultimately it comes down to not having enough people who know like and trust what they do and rather than convincing them that they need to become go and become a social media expert i personally believe that that strength lies in relationship building you know business is a team sport and if you can connect to what makes you passionate uh, you know, fall back in love with your business as I find myself saying on a daily basis um, and reconnect to that frequency then you can meet other people who share that frequency and you know the business is a team sport so by linking with those other people you're going to be far more successful than you would on your own trying to figure all this stuff out um, I fell into coaching completely or in fact no I didn't I got dragged into coaching um <laughs> I, I didn't I didn't ever think I was going to be a coach. Uh, I had a I'd been in the corporate world and then I'd left and started my own business and I wrongly assumed that because I'd had certain level of success in my corporate world uh, life that the phone would just ring with clients <laughs> and that uh, that's not what happened. Um, and I, I, you know, I didn't understand social media marketing. I didn't have the budget to be trying to compete with the large competitors on AdWords and PPC and all that kind of stuff. So the one thing I did have was I'd been sports podcasting. So I knew that you could build relationships with people globally that you resonated with and have something in common with through podcasting. So I started to do that through my business and I'll give you the really quick overview. That led to TV shows and radio shows and my own TV show and radio shows and keynote speaking and book deals and you know being recognized as a, an authority and an influencer in my space. And then um, I moved into other sectors and, and genres and, and then became recognized as an authority in those as well, despite the fact that I knew very little about them. Um, and what I discovered was that actually just by networking with the right people that's how you become an influencer that's how you achieve that authority status so um, being a surveyor by trade I wanted to design the blueprint to that so I spent a number of years sort of analyzing our success and what had happened so that I could replicate it um, 
And then from that point, I had lots of people coming saying, hey, could you teach us that bit? <laughs> um, could you show us how to do that? And uh, that's very much why I say I got dragged into coaching because it started off by going, I'll do this for a few friends and close loved ones. And then it turned into, oh, could you do this for my friend as well? And before you knew it, you know, we had almost a a 100% referral-based business where we were now working with clients in all kinds of different sectors all around the world. And um, yeah, it's been a fun ride. What has been your biggest challenge when it comes to relationship building? Time zones is always a fun one. <laughs> um, there's not enough hours in the day. Like trying to be as as charismatic as I am at 10 a.m. at 3 a.m. <laughs> is uh, is an interesting challenge. I, I guess if I take it deeper than that rather than my sort of whimsical answer, it's probably remaining... It's probably finding what I'm passionate about. So... There are lots of businesses that, and I, I did find this for a while, that I was working with businesses because it could help them and it does help them, but I didn't really care about what they did all that much. Like, I like them as people, but like, a great example was one of the clients that we took, got to number one was a, a quick set concrete company. Like, I don't care about quick set concrete. Um, they uh, they knew that um, but th they wanted to become the influencer and we helped them to achieve that status but I didn't get the same buzz that I get when I work with professional services businesses for example or fintech companies or emerging technology companies or energy or cannabis or all of those things that really excite me that I'm also passionate about then I got like a double win. It was like a win-win situation because I was not only getting the joy of them succeeding from our coaching, but I really cared about the success of their business as well. Um, so I felt like I kind of won twice in that scenario. Whereas if I didn't really care about what you did as a business or the industry that you're in, uh, I kind of won once because I love the fact that you were now successful and you attributed at least a, a part of that. You know, I, I say that my coaching is a cog in that big wheel. But if you contribute part of your success to that coaching with us, then I, I absolutely get a kick from that. But if I don't really care about what you do, if it's like the quick step concrete is a great example. That's not very sexy. So I didn't really, I, I was kind of like, eh, that's, that's great. Um, but there are other businesses that I will rave about them like they're my own. I'm so passionate about what they do. So I, I guess when it comes to networking, it's it's making sure that you stay close to that essence. You know what you're passionate about. You know what you care about. And try as much as possible to remain with those things. Yeah. So what would be three pieces of advice you would give like a budding influencer or entrepreneur or a small business owner? First one make more decisions with your heart and less with your head that would be definitely a big one uh, number two network with other people like you you know globally going it doesn't matter if you're a local business I hear this a lot actually oh but we only deal with our local environment right so I talk about international credibility for domestic dominance which essentially means if you're being seen with all of the other influencers in your field globally talking to you, even though you only deal with that local demographic, it takes 
the mindset from we're just a small business that only deals with one area to isn't that local area lucky to have you because the rest of the world is talking to you but that local area have you so network and don't just network in your own field network further afield network globally that's a that's a big one and don't confuse being an influencer with being famous there's another one and lots of people make that mistake you know they they we get people to this day that come to us and say we want to become an influencer and you say why and say well you know so we're famous and we can we can get listed as this and so that people will give us for stuff for free and it's like <laughs> okay but you've missed the most important point like who is it that you would like to influence and what is it that you want to influence them with like the clue is in the name like <laughs> you want to be an influencer who are you influencing and people almost want to skip that bit and and what they've confused it with is almost that fame celebrity status it's i don't actually want to be an influencer i want to be famous and they are two very different things you can be an influencer to 500 people doesn't make you famous yeah i totally agree with that that makes a lot of sense what are like some life lessons that served you well There's a few in particular, actually. So I, I made a, I made a mistake that I think a lot of entrepreneurs make. And annoyingly, it was one of those things that I'd actually been advised about by really successful mentors for a number of years. But it's there's a difference between hearing something and feeling it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, I kind of I pushed myself really hard. I had this financial target. A lot of people do, but I had this this big financial target that I wanted to achieve. And it was like, okay, once we get to that, that status is our coaching practice, then I'm going to be okay. Uh, I'll be happy at that point. Or, you know, I will, uh, I'll go and get a personal trainer when, you know, I'll start taking better care of myself when. And it doesn't work that way. Like, all that happens is you get to that financial goal. If you get to that financial goal, but you get to that financial goal and you're miserable. Like it's it, it's so empty and it's so hollow. And then you start wondering, well, maybe I need to double it. Maybe we need to do 2 million instead. I mean, like maybe that's when I'm going to be happy. And it's only when you realize that you money just enhances what you already are. It doesn't change who you are. So you don't get to a financial status and then suddenly become a good person. If you're a stressed out workaholic, you'll be a stressed out workaholic with... 100,000 in the bank, a million in the bank, or 100 million in the bank. Like, that's that's who you are. So you need to make those changes to your personality before then. So if you're thinking, I'll hire a personal trainer and take better care of myself and eat healthier when I'm a millionaire, like, A, you may not even get to being a millionaire, but B, you won't. Like, you, you won't do that when you get there. It's not going to happen. So focus on becoming the person you want to become. Like be the person you want to become and and that's what's going to give you the foundation for success, not the other way around. The money follows the person, not the other way around. Mm. Yeah, those that's sage advice right there. I just want to sort of end this sort of this conversation with sort of this idea of sort of creating like the vision that you want. What's mm. the new vision for Phil? Having gone through COVID and all the other stressors that life gives and throws your way? 
no longer financial, which is ironic because we're actually doing better financially than we were when I was focused on finance. Um, um, it's it's much more about the balance. You know, it's... I, I, I think I said this to you the other day uh, when we spoke is that I feel like getting COVID was the best thing that ever happened for me. Wow. Because it made me stop and reflect on every aspect of my life and it physically made me put things down that I would have been reluctant to put down otherwise. Um, you know, I, I went away and I had conversations with all of my clients, as I said earlier, about like, what is it that you, where is it you would get the most benefit from me if I could only work a few hours a day? I never would have had that conversation had I not have fallen sick. And the information that came back from it was invaluable. Um, I also firmly believe that I've added years back onto my life expectancy off the other end of this um because there's no way that i will ever go back to being as stressed out workaholic that i was pre-covid because it's not healthy i wasn't happy um and today's a bit weird as i said because i'm not feeling my 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 favorite self today but even so i'm happier today than i was before i caught covid and i'm i'm not even feeling very well today um but i'm i'm much happier as an individual so the image now is much more of a balance Uh, you know i i care a lot less about what other people think in as much as like the wrong people um like i would have been mixing in circles where you know it's all kind of like, well, you know, how quickly are you going to break that 10 million mark? How, how quickly are you going to do this? And it's like, you know what? I don't care if I never break that mark. <laughs> like it's, I'd rather be the guy doing what we're doing now, but be happy and healthy and consider that successful than be the guy whose marriage is falling apart, who's stressed, who is literally burning the candle at both ends and knocking hours and days off his life expectancy every time he opens his mouth because it's, you know, such a stressful environment, but able to say, yes, I earned that 10 million mark. It's like, it's, it's, it's so hollow. It's so hollow. So, so now it's much more about, you know, who can I help? Who can I empower? And, and being much more, almost, uh, dare I use the word much more exclusive, You know, I was always trying to think about how could we add like another hundred coaching students onto what we do. You know, should I do an online program so that we can reach thousands of people? And now my attitude is no, you know, we should do 30 to 40 a year. Bang, that's it. Finished, finito, done. Because then I can give those people all of the time and effort in the world that they deserve to help them to become successful. And I'm not focused on trying to solve the entire world's problems (laughs) it's true very true so how can my listeners find you on on the internet or on social media Mm. so um you can head to billionairesinboxes.com it's probably a good place to start uh everything is on there as you can imagine Uh, links to our podcast all that sort of stuff i also have a very unusual surname a very unusual family name so if you were to google phil palucha surname is spelled p-e-l-u-c-h-a 
you will find me everywhere. Uh, little moment of disclosure. I only actually do my LinkedIn page and my Twitter page myself. Um, so if you want to have a conversation with me, definitely head to one of those two platforms. Uh, if you want to talk to one of the team who are also very helpful, go talk to them on one of the other platforms. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, Phil, I really enjoyed our conversation today. I wish you much success and prosperity and health. Uh, this was really fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. I feel like I've I've gained a lot from it as well. It's been, uh, you know, sometimes you're so busy building, you don't take the time to step back and have a look and go, oh, we could do this and we can do this. And, and that's been a really powerful exercise for me. So thank you so much. Sure, absolutely. Well, thank you again. Hi there. I really hope you enjoyed listening to today's podcast episode of The Human Resolve. If you feel that others may enjoy this episode as well, please share socially at The Human Resolve. They can also visit my website, thehumanresolve.com, where I offer one-on-one coaching sessions, daily prompts to move in the right direction, sync directly to your smartphone, and a subscription to my weekly newsletter where I probe into the secrets from living smarter to feeding your three brains. If you could also help me out and give me a review and rating on this platform, because I do care what you have to say, I would really appreciate it. Now, get out there, my friends, and get busy living.